The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, Danhausen here. Danhausen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housing. Christoph Housing, yes, very good. You both got the housing in there. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that Danhausen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House Podcast Housing. Danhausen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody, welcome to the Rough House Podcast. <laughs> Jesus God in heaven. Rough House Podcast 200. The 200 of, episode, of uh, version 3.0. Yeah, I think in total, I've probably done close to 600 episodes yeah. <laughs> of this of this fine program. Uh, of course, I cannot. I'm Christoph, by the way. That's yes. Marty. Hello. And I cannot take credit for creating this uh, monster of a uh, internet podcast phenomenon. However, the one who is the creator of said program is joining us today as a special for the 200th episode. My dear friend, our dear friend, Justin Bocephus Schlegel. Fellas, I'm not sure if you have access to my video feed, but I have become a very big fan of the gentleman in my background, the Hurt Business. And <laughs> if they don't recreate this iconic internet meme somehow, <laughs> they have failed. They need to add one more member. Might as well throw Keith Lee in there at this point because they ain't doing shit from shit with him. Yeah. But if they added a fifth member oh, of the Hurt yeah. Business and they came to the ring, all of them wearing white boxer shorts and white V-neck tees, and it was Alexa Bliss waiting for them, you're going <laughs> to pop a five share. Okay. That, that is how they get me to watch again. That is, that's, that's the one way. It's going to take a lot. Yeah. yeah. Aside from getting Eric Bugenhagen on TV regularly and bringing back Union Underground across the nation as the theme for Raw, those are my other two provisions for getting me to return to WWE programming. But yeah, if the Hurt Business just full on um, – I don't even know how to describe a gangbang, essentially. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This is the way to go. Uh, Alexa it. Bliss. In detail. Take your time. Um, for those <laughs> well, who that do, can't who see, do you think this is first dibs? Who would get first dibs on? Who would oh, get that's first MVP. Dibs. Big Dog eats first. No, oh, yeah. Big Dog absolutely. eats first. Okay. Yes. Well, I didn't know if he would be kind of directing the action behind the Ooh, scenes as the point. leader of the group. Good would point. would big big Bobbert Lasharelli get the uh, get the first go around here? Oh, I think Lashbaum just sticks it wherever he can find it. Which unfortunately for Cedric Alexander, if he isn't quick enough, he just might mount him, and then the lights <laughs> come back on. And they're like, "Oh no, Bobby, pull out!" Nowhere near. And there's just a broken, shattered Cedric underneath of him. Like, my apologies. Anyways, get on over here, uh, guys. Two hundred episodes of this iteration. Of the Rough House podcast, we are now on 3.0, and 
I know you guys have a whole lineup of stuff today we're going to talk about. Uh, I, I, we I can toss to, it the hell out. <laughs> I, I will, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll talk about what's going on. But, but I got I to gotta start on a serious tip to say how amazed and how incredible it's been that you guys haven't only taken this thing, but you've grown it. I've paid attention to all of the Marty versus Kristoff stuff you're doing. The Patreon page, I'm not going to scream for you bastards to break out your fucking checkbook, but break out your fucking checkbook, okay? <laughs> and uh, get donating. We're going to do a big Patreon push in the week to come. I, I've okay. seen the numbers. There is sometimes as anemic as Rawls are. So let's get them back up to late 90s numbers, if we could, please, in regards to y'all and your checking account. But it's amazing that something that myself and another guy 10 years ago. Now, this guy, let's. How Who's this guy? It? Who's this guy? I don't know. This podcast is Van Halen. And you two, <laughs> you two are Sammy Hagar. Okay. Okay. I, I was hoping you weren't going to make Marty Gary Sharon in this because that wouldn't be fair. You know, there there are certainly listeners who feel that way. <laughs> you know, you know who is Gary Sharon. <laughs> I'm the coked up David Lee Roth. Okay, yeah. it was great for a while, but it just spun off the axes and eventually came less and less about wrestling and more about well. You guys remember a few hundred episodes ago, <laughs> but and obviously I know the timeline of Van Halen. Uh, Roth to Hagar to Sharon is a little bit different than this. It'd be like if they started with Sharon and said, get the fuck out, and then (laughs) found ourselves some Hagars. But the fact that this podcast has existed for a decade, don't think I missed out on that extreme reference, the fact that this thing has existed for a decade is amazing. And it's all to do, well, let's, Marty, you've done a great job. But Chris, oh, it's, it is 100% the fact that you leaned into this thing in the way that you did, that this thing still has life and is still viable and mm. is still an entertaining program and isn't appreciated and funded as well as it could be. Let's see if we can fix that with a little social media push in the days to come. But I'm I'm very, very impressed and I'm very, very blown away that this thing still has plenty of life left in it. Yeah, it's it is kind of amazing. Uh, I hadn't thought about the whole decadeness of it, but yeah, you're right. So you started it when you were out in uh, Los Angeles, uh, mm-hmm. and you brought it back to this coast. I remember when you were started with uh, when you had started with the other guy, Sharon. Yeah, with, <laughs> with old Gary there, with Gare Bear, mm-hmm. um, and you know you would record, and I remember driving into the radio station on a Sunday morning Eastern time just to just to dial in and uh, and have a uh, a trivia contest against Gary Sharon, which I won clearly a lot, yeah, yeah <laughs> and inherited this slot on the show, and uh, it was from there spawned into you know uh, Nad's Flappy Sack drunken mm-hmm. shenanigans. Yeah, uh, Jimmy's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, meetups at shows and and just uh, just just a craziness. It's been a, a Royal Rumble in Philadelphia where we oh, saw Philadelphia buddy. be Philadelphia. That was a moment. <laughs> that was a moment. <laughs> You, you were you were uh, palling around with Tori Smith. I was cranking under the seat. Um, and it was uh, it was it was a fantastic, fantastic evening. And we caught some Chikara, too, that day. We did. We saw a Chikara show early. Yeah. Right. God, the, the memories of that stuff, as much as, uh, you know, it's as trite as it is to say you don't know what you got till it's gone. At this point, I would pay Nad's flappy bag to let me come in there to do well, they're anything. they're not open anymore. 
They're gone. Uh, didn't just know oh, they are. I did not. Oh know wow. Are, yep. Are they yeah, gone? Yeah. Gone? Like yeah, they've been they've been gone for for a while. They, it got sold to another person and they renamed it something and I think it's subsequently closed down. Uh, right. Eric the Gorehound can confirm that and I'm sure he will. Board of Health thing. Board of Health. Uh, okay. All right. That's fine. I found a belt buckle in my chili. I miss that place. <laughs> as goofy as it was, the fact Man. that we were able to pack as many dickheads into that room and have <laughs> ourselves some fun. That was the night, by the way, we got to see the phenomenal AJ Styles debut at the Royal Rumble at that place. I remember. That was a pretty great night. So, yes, 10 years of excellence. Here's to 10 more that's hopefully a little bit more funded. So I'm going to try a different <laughs> approach this time, not scream, call everybody nerds, and see if I can get them to break out their uh, minimally packed checking accounts. We're going to see if we can do a nice, smooth social media push for you. Fantastic OG 538. Shall you join the next 538 and get these people uh, a couple of bucks, Marty and Chris. The 538, by the way, some people have actually asked in the past. That was a number that we stalled out at on Facebook yeah. for a while. Uh-huh. When we had a, you mm-hmm. guys have saw the Facebook page, but for whatever reason, we just couldn't crest 538 for a minute. That's it. Yeah. And then 539. I'd love to know who the 539th dimwit was <laughs> that came in there all late to the party with his pecker in his hand. Everyone looking at him like, get away. <laughs> you weren't here for the fucking suck for the past two years. You don't get to put it in nothing. Leave the crab dip and head back to your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there have been some trials and tribulations here. Uh, you know, at one point, dude, we were cranking out three episodes a week. We were. We 100% were. You were. You were putting together. We had our uh, one early episode. We had a Tuesday uh, we rewind. We had a raw preview, a raw recap, and mm-hmm. then the, a redo. We did a redo. We did a redo. God, just putting out big content and then life happens, work happens on each end. Mostly me. And it got a little (laughs) bit uh, difficult. And then thank God for our good friends and the patriarch of Super Art Fight comes into the picture. And uh, (laughs) Marty, who just smacked the The shit shit out out of my microphone. Okay, you were Phoenix and that goddamn microphone was (laughs) Pentagon and had yourself a little back and forth job. Uh, you yes. roll in yeah. and Marty, I got to say, great job. Thank you for taking this thing and really menudoing it. Okay. Because I mean, <laughs> the new lineup is completely different than the original lineup. How many properties can you think of besides, uh, you know, haha, aforementioned menudo where the lineup is completely different from its original <laughs> iteration. I mean, even the GNR Chinese democracy yeah. experiment still had Axel. Yeah, I mean, I guess Leonard Skinner these days, because they still go out and do a state fair or two. Every original member of that's dead. Okay, Uh, there you go. There may be a couple other of those heritage old school bands where, you know, I I don't know. I think Earth and Wind are still alive. Is Fire dead? I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Fire is in the Earth with Earth. The tragic Um, 21st night of September took him down. I think Baby Metal. (laughs) (laughs) I think Baby Metal is an entire new lineup now. I think, don't they menudo that outfit? Like when they get too old for me, to, they got to right? get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once they hit 17, the yeah. uh, the Japanese public isn't into it anymore, I guess. Yeah. You know, like a little mold on that rice ball. Get out of there. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Awkward team metal is not really going to work out great for them. Uh, <laughs> now, the minute they become capable of reproduction, they're like, get them off of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> By the way, uh, unrelated but related, anybody here playing Ghosts of Tsushima on PlayStation 4? Right here, sir. Right here. It's if you guys would like to start the ghost house, which could be a (laughs) spinoff 
about Kristoff. You and I are going to do the Scent House about candles, Got the it. Ghost House about Ghost of Tsushima. I could probably do a 50-part series on that goddamn game because it's all I want to do these days. It's so good. It's so good. I haven't played the multiplayer yet because that just came out, what, two weeks ago, something like that? And I'm never going to because I don't <laughs> want anything to do with anybody else inside of that beautiful Japanese world. And one day when I get to go to that mysterious aisle, if it's not exactly like what I'm going through in Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> like when I get off the plane, yeah. if I don't get to slice a Mongol's throat, I'm getting right the fuck back on that plane and being like, it sucks. It is a lie. That video game that I thought was developed by the Board of Tourism was bullshit. <laughs> I'm going back to Ocean City with the Bonchon and Glen Burnie because falsities. I just want to chase around foxes and look for goldfinches flying me towards hot springs all day long. Chris, I'm not sure if you know, but this game has got some male nudity in it. Oh, that nice. Is, yeah. is it uh, turgid or uh, limp? I have tried. Yeah. To freeze frame and get a picture of this samurai's hog. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it has anything to do with Asian stereotypes, but you don't get a peek at it. So Bummer. you do Bummer. get a peek at that shitter of his. And it yeah. is as smooth as Ricochet in the ring when he's not botching. It is so <laughs> nice. Maybe maybe uh, Kodobushi was the uh, the body double for that. God, if my Asian lord and master is up there, that's the case. Because there ain't a hair on this samurai's ass. It is amazing. <laughs> All I do is run around trying to find hot springs just so I can get that cut scene where he takes his armor <laughs> off and gets in and out yeah. and then just try and screen cap it so I can crank. Yeah, it's nice. It's real, real. Have we ever had, besides Lords Tensai, a samurai character in anything professional wrestling? Uh, what the hell was Hakushi supposed to be? I don't know what he was supposed to be. He was kind of a badass. I thought yeah. he was like a weird, like, angry monk. Yeah, you know what? That's right. It's probably more of a warrior monkish thing. Uh, I mean... In New hmm. Japan, Goto kind of dresses like a samurai. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the closest I can think of because he's got the pants. But that's, that's I guess really evil kind of dresses like a Castlevania boss. That's maybe yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah run-ins for from Castle Belmont. Just yeah. Oh God, there's just a Medusa head here. just going up and down <laughs> that the poor opponent's just having a fucking dodge. Like Jesus Christ, where are these birds coming from? I just need to get to the top of this clock tower. God damn it! The Medusa head in the bat is the newest member of Bullet Club. So, uh, hey, yeah. the, whatever justifies having a 38 minute main event, I'm fine with it. No so I'll tell you where I'm at, and I'll let you gentlemen take it from here because it yeah. is your Roughhouse 3.0. I don't watch any SmackDown. Okay. I catch a clip or two of Raw, but I always read recaps. I'm pretty up to speed on stuff, but as far as watching it, I don't mm -hmm. get a lot. Uh, I do watch a little bit of New Japan online when I can. Mm -hmm. I'm actually watching Impact now when I watch it on my DVR because it's gotten good. Okay. And I mostly dedicate myself to AEW. I, I try and watch a lot of AEW. For the most part, I'm almost done with the very last episode. I think I've still got to watch the main event. I obviously watched Jesus Christ, what happened in the middle of that with the uh, yeah. estate of Frank Sinatra making a couple of bucks. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's so for for you gentlemen to continue the conversation in the direction you want to take it in. That's that is where I'm at <clears> with <throat> my pro wrestling enjoyment and viewership right now. Well, neither of us have watched Impact, so why don't you give us a little uh, refresher yeah, as to what's been happening night, over there. Yeah, they have a new champion in uh, Rich Swan. They do. It is interesting in the fact that Impact is still doing the empty arena. They obviously don't have the assets of an mm -hmm. AEW and a Khan family or Vince McMahon with the Thunderdome. Mm -hmm. So it's still a little odd that we're getting some old school studio style wrestling. 
but they've got a fantastic women's division. Obviously, they have your one of your favorites and a Baltimore local, from what I understand. Uh, Jordan Grace is she in was. there. Yeah, just, they moved to Atlanta. Damn it! Just throwing, <laughs> uh, just throwing uh, fucking spine busters like Arn. Yeah, I mean, she's got a spine buster that is that is worth paying attention to. Diana Perrazzo was great. Kylie mm-hmm. Ray seems to have found her uh, found her footing. Ty you got still the, there? What's that? Taya is still there. Taya is still there. Yeah, they got a they got a fantastic women's division. If I'm I've, I've always thought if I'm con, and I'm thinking uh, if there's an acquisition, a partnership, it did not make any sense at first in 2019 October when Dynamite first rolled out. They were still getting their legs under them. Don Callis hadn't been able to really do a lot yet. Scott Demore was still trying to rearrange the backstage to streamline the process. Mm-hmm. But now. If there was a partnership between AEW and either New Japan or TNA, oddly enough, I'm going to say partner up with TNA for logistics mm-hmm. because the way the world is, it's going to be an effort to get any talent from over there or over right. here. Is the roster better? Yes. But they have no women's roster in Japan. Right. And the AEW women's roster, to say it's got some issues is a bit of an understatement. All right. Very you have someone bitten. named Big Swole that is neither. And your excuse, Big Swole, as to why you're called that online doesn't make any sense. If my name is um, Tall Dunkerson and I'm five foot two and don't know how to slam dunk a basketball, I don't get to say it's because I like tall dunks of water and dunking on people online. Your excuse was terrible. You're not big. You're not swole. Quit trying to gun back at people being like, your name doesn't make any sense. Y'all just don't get it. It means I got a big personality and a swollen ego. Sorry. <laughs> You're horrible. Uh, they need to get a hold of some of the women from TNA and yeah. fold them in. And they overnight, they got themselves a women's roster that's going to be uh, superb. Because I'm not sure if you two gentlemen have paid attention to the news this morning. Did you hear the Abaddon news? Yes. With it? Yes. Yeah. Not good. The injury bug has again struck AEW. And I guess she had her throat kicked out of herself. Uh, they're still looking for it. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. There, there were some spoilers that went around uh, towards the end of last week. Uh, there was a Abaddon and Ty Conti match taped for this week's Dynamite, and uh, guess uh, Ty got a bit too strong with the uh, Shibata kicks and uh, yeah. kicked Abaddon's zombie throat clean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just no just good. absolutely roadhouse her fucking throat and. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Abaddon is kind of one of like the the bright spots of yeah. like wow that could be yeah. something that that is that's weird I'm not seeing anything like that right. that's a that's got a sister Abigail should have been vibe all over it and then now she's on the shelf for however long yeah. I mean God God love Karushita uh you know sort of like a bit of a diet Oscar still kind of yeah nah yeah. I do like Britt Baker. Uh, Brandy Rhodes. Uh, now you got uh, you know the bunny. She's Brandy Rhodes. Great job behind the scenes. Great job as part of the Nightmare Family. But as far as an in ring performer, eh, that really scratch that itch. Right. Um, all of the Joshi talent is trapped overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Stat they brought Lander's in Ivelisse. They brought in Diamante, but They're neither one of them. Yeah, and yeah. neither one really have impressed amazingly either. Yeah. Did you feel, Chris? I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to ask you: Is this the Lucha head? When Ivelisse, who was a big part of the Lucha yes. Underground roster and when really, she was injured, really held her own. Yeah, no kid. When she really held her own with the dudes in there, they, she comes in. And I remember seeing Diamante as part of LAX and TNA, mm-hmm. and she could hold her own. It seems like they haven't hit their stride yet with this new company in AEW. Maybe they haven't given a chance to shine. I'm not watching that heels thing. Uh, 
What do you think of her debut this far? Well, I mean, I think I didn't watch any of the women's tag cup thing that they did. Which her and Diamante won, Ivelisse. Um, so that, you know, I guess was good enough, or they had at least enough uh, of a, a cred behind them to get that push. But in what we've seen in Dynamite, is there's only been a couple matches, um, and was it with was it with Sheeta with Ivelisse where they got super chippy and were like, uh, uh, it was with uh, Thunder Rosa. It was Rosa, Thunder, yeah, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if that was beef stemming back to Lucha Underground days as Thunder Rosa was Cobra Moon and all these different things. Um, but yeah, um, you know, historically, from what I hear, has some attitude issues. So maybe she's just rubbing people the wrong way backstage, and that's why she hasn't really gotten this push. She has said that she's been signed to All Elite, but we never got the Ivelisse's Elite graphic. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. I'm 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 still a, a buddy or two with you know somebody we know locally, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll just say Darby Allen and I have become pretty good friends to where we we talk a couple of times a week about wow. literally just skateboarding. And if, if we have a hundred conversations, five are about wrestling. Mm-hmm. It is all <laughs> skateboarding and projects he's working on that I'm mm-hmm. I'm helping him do voice work for. Nice, oh, but he cool. still gives me some like some inside stuff that's nothing like spoiler territory. Just like. Really, that guy is is a brand ambassador, and he just talks about something I got to see a little bit of back in Atlanta when I got to do that tryout. Is that the the backstage vibe at that place? They don't suffer um, people with attitude issues. Yeah, they don't suffer people like I mean, even uh, Eddie Kingston, who we can talk about for forty minutes, and I'd love to. Yeah, uh, was <laughs> someone that was always like, oh my god, this guy he he can grade on people, he can grade on people, but he's back there fitting in like a glove. And gets along with everybody. So yeah. the the issue of he says there is next to no backstage politics. That the vibe is great. Everyone loves coming to work. Not to say that there aren't arguments, and not to say that there aren't sure. disagreements and stuff like that. But there's none of this like bitchy, whiny road dog shit. Where <laughs> not sure if anybody here did anybody here ever uh, really dig into Total Divas at all. I watched a number of seasons. Yeah, they should have renamed that show "Fuck Road Dog" because. <laughs> it was, the, the the whiniest little like this and you realize this is strapped too right you're coming up to me talking to me in such a manner you don't want to find out what happens when it's strike three this is interaction with Paige where he threatened to fire her because she was asked she asked him why she wasn't working like the next house show loop literally right. just asked him like hey why, why am I not on the show are you questioning me because that's strike two like okay yeah. All right. Beach. That guy's the Get, worst. He sucks. Okay. Terrible. There's none of that. Their point being is that, according to Darby, there's none of that. And con open door. Anybody, there's, there's, there's locker room handling of stuff as if just to say, hey, we don't need to take this up to management. We don't need to bitch to Cody. We don't need to bitch to TNT. We all sort our stuff out quietly backstage and everybody gets along. So the whole like evil East attitude thing or anything like that, it's uh might be one of those environments where if she had one, this will smooth that out. If Eddie Kingston's backstage floating on a cloud of air and he's not angry at anybody, that shows how wonderful they all get along. So it's interesting to kind of see that 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 um, that insight from you know a new friend in Darby who has no dirt to spill and has yeah. no rumors to spread. He's like, I'm I'm telling you, it's all uh, it's all sunshine back here. Yeah, sunshine he says the catering's house. amazing too. The sunshine, <laughs> the, uh, the catering is pretty incredible. So you mentioned Eddie Kingston, and uh, I, your takes online lately have been very, very, very uh, filled with praise 
of one Eddie Kingston. So I wanted to to, to see your thoughts. Uh, Listeners of the show know I've been a Kingston guy for a very long time, and I was very, very excited and ecstatic when he showed up to do the open challenge with Cody. Even more ecstatic when he got signed, and now here we are. He's going to be main eventing a pay-per-view, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Uh, what what do you think? Uh, were, were you a, a, a knowledgeable of Kingston prior to his AEW debut? Or Yeah, he was... Uh, I watched some of his stuff on the indies. I think a little bit of CZW. Mm-hmm, I watched some mm-hmm. matches with him. Then he I was remember at that Chikara show we were at. He was at Chikara. Thank mm-hmm, you, Chris. Mm-hmm. He was also mm-hmm. briefly in this goofy fucking three-man... Uh, stable in TNA mm-hmm. called the Beatdown Clan with James Storm and MVP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they were very weird. They would come out with like these Jabberwocky masks and they were holding up clocks like they were fucking Nathan Jones watchmaker. <laughs> and then it was like a really bad version of the Hurt Business. Yeah. Really, we were talking about the Hurt Business earlier. What the Hurt Business is, the Beatdown Clan wanted to be. Right. And it was very short-lived and then it fell apart. But I always enjoyed a lot of his online promos and a lot of his shoot interviews and stuff like that. So like you, Marty, when he came out, I was like, yes, this is a guy... This is a guy that I can get into. This is, and then he started delivering some of these promos that I love the take on with Moxley, who back when he was with CZW and was with Callahan as the Switchblade conspiracy, mm-hmm. he was one of them. And then he left and left them behind and left them to scrap and fight for what was left over while he went on to be an entertainer. And I like that he's kind of got this cadre of guys around him with Butcher and Blade and the Lucha Brothers, where. He brings them all as a family, but you know for a fact he's just going to step over them mm-hmm, like Xerxes mm-hmm. sitting on his human throne to get what he wants. And especially with that not at all shy end of the promo hard cam wink that he does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good storytelling and it's easy, palatable yeah. storytelling. And in an era where a lot of stuff is very hard to believe. And it, you, sometimes, you know, I have to suspend disbelief uh, just to enjoy the product. I believe Eddie Kingston when he talks. 100%. I believe him quite a bit. And I like the fact that he's, he'll even say this in interviews. He's not a body guy. He does look like he, – he just looks like an average angry bar thug. Yeah, mm-hmm. a brawler. Um, a brawler, yeah. He looks – he yeah. just looks like somebody's like, this guy is going to fuck me up. He's going to yeah. grab a pencil. He's going to put it in my eye. And he's going to be hard to hurt, but he doesn't have much of a gas tank. So he's going to do yeah. some scrappy, violent, I'm going to you know have a lip ripped off type of shit. And I think <laughs> Mox is a great counterbalance to him. So his promos, though, I, I've said, you, you saw me say online, I feel like he's almost reaching peak 96, 97 Austin coming, Austin coming into his own era. Levels of rancor and vitriol when he speaks. Yeah, that I I believe it. I believe everything that he says, and I'm I'm into whenever Eddie Kingston's on the screen. Yeah, and 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 clearly AEW uh, feels the same way. Uh, again, you know, putting him in the main event of Full Gear just a few months after uh, debuting on a whim. Uh, but also this week uh, on Dynamite, uh, he got to be on commentary for oh. the the Penta and Phoenix match. Man, and... Eddie Kingston on commentary is everything I needed on commentary. Can we? Can we? C- c- Tony, Tony Khan, I know you're listening. Um, can we jettison Jim Ross and add Eddie Kingston into the into the booth permanently, please? The, the, Thank the you very minute much. I saw him talking shit to Jr. I went, oh, Chris is gonna love this. Mm. <laughs> what Boy, do you think about uh, What do you think about the uh, the Taz? The Taz and Jim exchange after the um, 
uh, oh god, what was the screw up? Uh, the 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 Ricky Starks, the Ricky Skaggs botch. Yes. Yeah. When when Taz got legitimately angry, when w- and Jim was swimming to try and pay him compliments, and Taz was giving him nothing. Yeah, I was hoping he would uh, slap his mouth straight. Uh, it was just something, you know. Anytime anybody gets chippy with Jr. and I've said this on multiple occasions and uh justin you know i don't know if you agree or not i know you try and keep it uh you know on on good standings with aew this is my opinion only but two of the worst things about aew are the two jr's jim ross and justin roberts i fucking hate them both (laughs) i'm not is is justin roberts was he a creeper was out going on with him that was alleged but they never was anything uh announced by aew about that no suspension or anything he was off tv for a little bit but that was because of the pandemic yeah um but his his just ring announcing just grates at me i hate the way he rolls his r's i hate his john moxley intro i hate <laughs> you know i i just i can't stand the guy's voice and he, he has a very punchable face like i just i just want to slam his face into a bar run it across and then into a dartboard sort of thing <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> Never go drinking with Chris if you're out there, Roberts. All right. Get it. Get get DoorDash and then just connect over Zoom, or you're gonna have your face upon some lacquered maple as he slides you down the bar like you're throwing a drink to a woman. I got. I don't really have a problem with Roberts. Uh, I, I I just he's you know I don't have really an opinion on him. I don't. Okay. I, he's background noise to me. He's um a nice enough guy when I met him. I'm not really an announcer guy. Uh, like I never even cared. Like when at the height of my WCW Nitro watching, when they'd get buffer, I would not care. I yeah, don't. Yeah. The only the only person I like in the world of announcing is when buffer the the UFC buffer mm-hmm. at UFC 100 did this, the buffer 360 to point at the opponent just once because he always does the 180 to point at the opponent, but at UFC 100 he did a full 360 and then pointed. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's cool. And I've never given a shit beyond that. Uh, <laughs> Ross is no, and I love Jim Ross, but he is noticeably curmudgeonly with yeah. picture. You could tell he got the mandate to push the picture in picture, oh. and <laughs> into picture in picture. He motherfucks it every time. Oh, he does not like the picture in picture. Yeah. And did, did, do any of you guys listen to his podcast with Conrad at all? Oh no, God no, I couldn't. He. <laughs> actively motherfucks the product i mean he he, well yeah he doesn't really hide it very well when he's doing the actual commentary on live tv he does it worse on the podcast because again it's it's the voice of my childhood so i enjoy him i really love tony shivani yeah but but you're right this is a this is an older jim ross this is a guy that but it's funny because you still hear you ever watch any of the botch manias where Uh, his microphone is still on Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they well, play yeah. audio of him like like shouting at production and yell at production. He still has the deepest passion for the product to go well to. I need a cue. Give me the countdown. Who's coming up next? Give me a run sheet. I'm going to sit this one out. Excalibur is going to take it over. Like he's working. He's working, working. Yeah. Yeah. But then he gets on air and he he's doing his thing. He's going through the motions. But then you hear him on the Conrad podcast now and then. And he hates a flip. Yeah. And he hates a leg slap. Yeah. Holy God, does he hate the leg slap? And sometimes I wonder because it's a very incestuous business. The Conrad knows these guys, and these guys know Jim, and Jim knows Conrad. Does like any of that stuff get back to him at all? Like a lot of it has to do with the Bucks and the super kicks that he hates a thigh slap. Like mm-hmm. 
The, I mean, it was one of the loudest thigh slaps of the year in the Omega Sunny Kiss match this year when he just starts off with a V trigger. Yeah. And I'm, he slapped his thigh so loud, I thought he broke his thumb. <laughs> and I got to wonder, like, does that get back to those performers that Jim is clowning on that process when it is so evidently that he is speaking about the people that he is commenting on? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it it's really hard to say, and uh, one of the things that that is always somewhat entertaining for me, by comparison, is when Jr. is actively motherfucking a match. You have Excalibur trying to like jump in with like logic and and kayfabe of why these things are happening, and God love him for trying. But I just wonder sometimes. And he does. If, Excalibur yeah. tries his ass off to get in there and sort of keep the wheels on the wagon, but then they yeah. cut to the broadcast booth. Yeah. And I want to break his neck with that stupid mask. <laughs> that mask is, it's time to let it go. That mask is, it's dumb. That's the mask his gimmick is, though, man. That's his yeah. gimmick. You don't need a gimmick. You're an announcer. It's your, it's a, it's honestly, okay. it's a little going into business. Ha, for have, have you ever, well, you might've, cause you were backstage. Have you seen Excalibur without a mask? He's handsome. Yeah. Yeah, he is a good-looking man. He, he and you, he has he has the face of a professional broadcaster. He looks like a very God. How do I how do I compare him? Who does who does I think he looks like? I think he looks like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, he looks like Seth MacFarlane with glasses and a goatee. Yeah, he's very tall. Yeah, he has the look of a broadcaster, and that the way that thing sits up on his nose, it always <laughs> makes him sound a little bit like he's like like he's constipated or he's having an allergy attack or something like that. And yes, he was a wrestler at some point, but they've never showed footage of him. Yeah. They've never really gotten into it. There's just a dude with a fucking mask. It's like, <laughs> it's like when, when Steve McMichael just used to have a chihuahua at the broadcast. <laughs> and it's like, why, what are you doing? Why do you have a, a put the fucking dog down and comment on the mess? It's, it's distracting. And I know they're going for like, you know, a, a quote unquote more sports based, broadcast that was your gimmick at one time it was yes. and you were in 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 Chikara and you're in MLW <laughs> and you're doing all kinds of stuff that that part's done now yeah like let it die yeah. let it die you don't have Just Troy Aikman look. wearing a helmet when he's doing <laughs> no, announcing for no, Fox you Sports don't. you don't Dennis Miller <laughs> when he did Monday Night Football wasn't in standing in front of a mic on stage holding a drink like he put on a headset and he wore the jacket on it they did put a brick wall behind him to make him feel at least a little bit at home. Yeah, they did. They put like the ha ha hole graphic. Yeah. Like Excalibur does a great job, but then I, they cut to him and I roll my eyes at that mask every single time. I just wait for one of the Shakara ants to be standing behind him. Like just. Well, sometimes take, it is Orange Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, that's take, true. Take, <laughs> yes, take just. I want him to take the mask off, and I think he would be. You'll see. You'll see him taken to the next level. Because by the way, we we talk backstage. He can't see shit out of that thing. Yeah. He can't see anything out of it it's that that's that wire mesh type yeah. stuff over top right. so he's like like looking down like at the at the, the paper like <laughs> jesus what the fuck does this say like you would you would I, I don't think anybody out there would be like oh my god he's he's freakishly misshapen no they'd be like you're beautiful <laughs> you sound clearer and you're never going to wrestle again so it's time to let it go they have and to I, make an angle out of it if they do it. 
If they did, yes. He he pisses off Taz, uh, you know, or Team Taz on commentary, and then Cage comes off and, like, rips it off his face or something like that. And then, you know, somebody has to come to his his aid or whatever, Will Hobbs or whomever uh, it, it may be. But, yeah. I don't I don't disagree. I mean, it's you know, it would it would be a fun angle to do, um, but it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you either. But you know. it, it just I'd so it'd be like you're served this delicious meal. And then I got to go into the kitchen and see that the chef had his you know knife taped to his dick the whole time. And that's how he was cutting it up the steak. Like, I didn't need to see that. It's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. And you have to eat that much blue chew to make my ribeye. But don't. Don't 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 either don't show me his face or get that goddamn mask off. Speaking of Team Taz, uh, oh, okay. Ricky Starks yes. is gonna be a megastar for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he. You know what he is? He's a smaller Orton without the problems. Mm. <laughs> I, I always compared him to a young Rocky Maivia. Yeah, that that's where we've been going. Uh, oh, I took him as he's got the he's got the snark and snide and undeserved overconfidence of a. During and post evolution, uh, Randy Orton, but with, and I, I mean, I hate to, if anybody's listening to this, kind of blow a spot up backstage, it turns out it, it, goddamn flowers grow wherever he walks. That he's <laughs> apparently the sweetest man in the world. Our mutual friend here, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Double J is, <laughs> he, he talks about him. Saying that if they could hire fifty more Ricky Starks, yeah, this company, they they would never they would never have a backstage production catering travel issue ever again. That like this guy just steps up backstage. He is literally an ideal employer, and he's awesome in the ring. And you look at him in the face, and you're like, you ever see? You know, what he looks like to me. You ever see the um, the Pokemon meme? But where the trainer is like, hey, girl, what's you <laughs> Like, he's Ash. He's, like, creepy Ash. Okay. Uh, but but forever he's got the buck teeth, like, mm, about to catch that ass. Catch all of the <laughs> He looks like that meme brought to life with one of the rock shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I I am in love with Ricky Starks. Yeah. And I, I think, think I think it's the wardrobe and the gold chain that, that yeah, really definitely. evoked the Rocky Maivia or Young mm-hmm. Rock sort as he was becoming the rock and the rock was becoming a character uh back in the day. Yeah, nothing but upside for him. Um speaking of AEW future stars, imagine being one of the people out there who don't see either Ray Phoenix or Pentagon as a massive fucking superstar. Because both of those guys, uh, either together or separate, and honestly, I think there's probably more money separate than together. Uh, I love Lucha Bros as a tag team, but man, that match they had on Dynamite this week just checked all of my boxes, and I loved every second of it. Pentagon really hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities to shine uh, on his own in a solo match in AEW since arriving. And obviously my background and love for Lucha Underground precedes me, but the dude is a massive fucking superstar waiting to happen. If you, and you know that because of what you saw with Mm -hmm. Lucha Underground, what I saw with Lucha Underground and people watch AAA, I'm going to meet you halfway there. Ray Phoenix. Yes. Right now, Pentagon's iteration. I'm not going to say it's as bad to me as what they've done with Miro Rusev which I feel like has just been a mega stumble for them. But Pentagon hasn't gotten a chance to be Pentagon. 
since he joined the company. It's been, to me, it's been the Ray Phoenix show. Ray Phoenix is so spectacular and mm. so, oh my mm-hmm. God, that as great as Pentagon is, Pentagon was mauling people in Lucha Underground. Yeah, he, but it's, it's very hard to see how good Pentagon is for what he does when Ray gets in and just says something so goddamn phenomenal that I almost want Pentagon to change his style some and get more grounded to be mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Phoenix is in. You don't know where the fuck he's coming from, and you don't know what move he's going to counter, and he's going to slide between your legs, and he's going to dragon corkscrew your ass. But then when Pentagon is in, he's going to break every bone in your body. He is going to take you down to the mat and do something just violently lucha-like to you, but not nearly as spectacular, but far more impactful. We Mm -hmm. haven't gotten that version of Pentagon yet that we saw in Mm -hmm. Lucha Underground. they got to be split up. They gotta yeah. go their separate ways. Yes. I think the tag team, while cool, has run its course. And if I was someone that just found out about Pentagon through AEW, I wouldn't see it yet. We know Fair. it because we've seen it before. Fair. With Ray Phoenix, yes. Oh my God, a thousand times yes. But Pentagon, he's gonna be, but they're gonna need to let him have his own run. And he's yeah. gonna need to do yeah. his own thing. And he's gonna need to start doing some setups. Because <laughs> the D'Lo chest thing, it's good, but every now and then they hit that they, they you, you hit that profile shot and you're like someone <laughs> has been hitting the flautas a little bit. All right, so <laughs> you gotta just bring that in and you're gonna be good to go because dripping with personality. He he's yes. special in and of the fact that he's got way more charisma and way more personality than Phoenix. Phoenix, that's gonna have to be his canyon to cross is that as spectacular as in the ring, personality-wise, he doesn't have anything yet as an example to be like, remember when he said that, did that, showed that right. outside of the ring? Well, Phoenix is best as the white meat baby face, and he hasn't really been that at all in AEW. Yeah. And Pentagon is the best as the murderous skeleton ninja who's going to yeah. break every bone in your body, like you said. So, yeah, the sum, it, it's the old adage of the the sum of their, I don't even know. Less than even the know sum of their parts? Is. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah. They're better separate. Separate the two. Be. Let <clears throat> Phoenix be the baby face. Go, you know, and I think... Well, I, I was going to say that was going to happen, but that changed. I was going to say his match against Kenny Omega might help that. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be Pentagon versus Kenny Omega. Which now, I'm which... still excited for. Me That's too. still a great match. Yeah. I, would, I was excited for Phoenix, yeah. but I'm a different kind of excited. I'm hoping everything I just got gone, uh, excuse me, no, here, ranting about with, I haven't seen the Pentagon yet. I haven't seen yeah. the Lucha Pentagon. I haven't seen the AAA yeah. Pentagon. This could be the coming out of that. This well, could be the moment that where he just mauls Kenny. Kenny wins, but Pentagon does some sketchy shit to him. It, it it really depends what we end up getting out of the match, because I think there's just as high a likelihood that the Kenny Omega match this coming week on Dynamite is just like the one we just had with Sonny Kiss, where we're three moves in and done. Because I would hope they don't do that. Oh, oh, it made don't sense get me with Sonny. I, I, I would prefer it to be a back and forth barn burner of a match. But at the same time, I could see them being like, well, you know, because uh, I think it's probably going to be Paige and Omega in the finals. Sure. That feels like the sort of obvious play here. You know, Paige works his ass off to get to the finals. Kenny finesses his way. Like, I feel like that that could be the story they tell. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe come Wednesday, you know, he and Penta have like just this amazing match. But I, I could see them just going, no, Kenny's always had this in him. He can do it in three moves and he's done. 
in which case I'm kind of glad that it was Pentagon being put in that position and not Phoenix. Right. Because, you know, <clears throat> then you would squash any kind of uh, upward ascent for Phoenix. I think Pentagon, you know, like you said, hasn't really had that chance yet. So him taking an L like that in 10 seconds isn't going to hurt him as much as it would hurt the potential of Phoenix. I would like to see this be a thing where we're obviously seeing Kenny transition away from the good guy, elite, haha cosplay thing and he's getting back to the cleaner he's getting a little mm-hmm. nasty he, yeah. he had some nasty moments we obviously got that great new intro if anybody's watching the bte series <laughs> he had the the thing with the the glasses and all that didn't yeah, like the yeah. intro that didn't scratch your itch at all it was it was a bit much <laughs> oh i love that is that is super corn dick and i was like yeah that's what i missed i needed I, this and Chris, i think part I of it was because justin roberts was saying it, but. <laughs> fair fair oh oh the intro with all the stuff that he okay so yeah, yeah there was somebody else in there yeah i just i don't no, think the you physical, could look the physical intro I, I was there for as soon as justin roberts was talking i'm like oh god <laughs> okay all right well you you hate roberts to such a degree that it's gonna it's gonna piss in the soup or whatever yes. but the in but the intro itself was like okay this guy's getting cocky again yeah cleaner dancers I love those dancers. Oh God! Um, I also kind of wondered if he was making fun of Cody in doing it because it, it it like that intro into the song felt yeah. a lot like Cody's. You know what would intro. be great? I didn't even think about that. How fun would it be if I think it? Frankly, and I'll get into why in a second. I think it's going to be uh, Omega and Wardlow at the mm, end. Mm. I would love if for that final Wardlow comes out, does his thing. Kenny Omega comes out center entrance. <laughs> and doesn't ask Cody. Yeah. He does yeah. the center reveal and yeah. it yeah. cuts to Cody backstage like, did that motherfucker just walk <laughs> out of my chandelier? <laughs> There's going to be a bit of an issue. And I think they will somehow lift the permanent lifetime ban of Cody getting to fight for the title. Uh, but I, I think this match with Pentagon and Omega has the benefit of both in and of the fact that you're going to get to hopefully – See Pentagon be that vile. I'm gonna try and pull your arm out. I'm gonna do some weird shit on the ring apron. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be Lucha Pentagon M Zero when he came back out of that cave, and I'm gonna <laughs> hope to benefit Kenny. Kenny starts to realize, Jesus, I can't do this high flying New Japan. The match that I had with Okada stuff. I've got to do what he's doing to beat him and further pushes him into darkness, making right. him do some sketchiness in the match, fight fire with fire kind of thing, right. where you start to wake up that old Kenny like, yes, evil one. I won because of me having to resort to these tactics that he was doing. And then you're like, oh, God, Kenny is changing. That He's he's beginning to metamorphosize into the old version slash new iteration AEW. And then he goes on to the finals. I'm... I'm hoping Paige loses to Wardlow and has a bit of a snapped moment mm. where he doesn't take him either seriously or he's doing the drunk bit. I am beyond over drunk Paige. I think it has been a sad gimmick for him. It's not it's not stone cold. It's it's yeah, your sad no. uncle who got a divorce. <laughs> He's a sad drunk. You're like, oh god. It's it's like when you get a text from someone that you know is just a pain in the ass, and you see their number come up. You're like, oh Christ, what bullshit <laughs> do they want now? What's a sore bothering you, but um, yeah. that's your reaction whenever I text. <laughs> when you text, I light up in the bathroom and hang out with you in there while pretending to take a dump. When someone else that used to work with us from the zoo does, I'm like, oh Christ, what do they need? Uh, he's been that. We're like, oh, God, he's this sad, sour, sack drunk. 
I need him to be either an upbeat, hell yeah, stone cold drunk. We're like, oh man, he's drinking. Nor knows what he's going to do. Because right now it's just journal and stare at himself in the mirror. I, I need him <laughs> to get away from this. This booze thing. I need this. I need him to lose and get angry that he lost. And then make him an eventual challenger for Omega. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. those two, I think their story can be drawn out a, a, a little bit. Because yeah. I think him losing yeah. to Omega kind of kills him for a bit. Not kills him, but puts him on ice some. I want him to take I want him to take the long way around to get to Omega. I want him to lose to Wardrow, like, what the fuck happened? And then you've got this big gnarly son of a bitch against Omega in the finals. So we talked about Omega and, and his sort of change in character. Let's talk about someone, uh, some other ones in the Elite who have had a change in character in the Young Bucks. Uh, Christoph and I have been going back and forth lately about how we haven't really been in love with uh, the heelish, super-kicking Young Bucks. Uh, how are you feeling about it, Justin? I am – I'm probably going to be right there with you guys that uh, I don't know what they are right now. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I yeah. I think I prefer to hear from Nick than from Matt when they speak. Nick is a little more subdued, and Matt is a little bit extra. But mm-hmm. both of them is this porridge is too hot. This porridge is too cold. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard the one promo from them yet that's like ah got it because like when Matt delivers, he delivers this like crazy fire. And like, but it's after I'm like okay okay simmer down simmer down yeah. And Nick's is uh, I mean maybe a cup of coffee above an orange Cassidy promo where <laughs> you know, I was like, well, it's time for us to show what we got. <laughs> okay. And, and, and kick Tony yeah. Schiavone in the face. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. They're not getting, they're not getting my kind of like, Oh, fuck these guys. Oh, I want to see him get there. Right. Oh, I want right. to see him get theirs. I'm getting like, Oh God, uh, not, not into them. Heat. I'm not saying I'm not saying peak Xbox go go away or sure. Jer- Jeff Jarrett heat. Sure, but it's it's kind of round in the bend where the two guys that really are the centerpiece of this organization, the people that made the Bullet Club cool and the the, the genesis yeah. of this whole thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and they're fantastic performers. They're obviously great 100%. in the ring, and I feel like they could probably cut a promo. But this right now, the these bucks ain't ain't what I'm into. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, I I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying because as much as I'm cold on them as characters right now, the four way tag match minus the horrible <laughs> injury to Alex Reynolds, uh, I I thought was a really really great and fun match. But I, I read a comment online last night that has stuck with me, which is we're we're on the build to full gear. They're finally pulling the trigger in FTR versus the Young Bucks, and someone put out there, why is it? that I was more interested in FTR versus Young Bucks when th- it was an impossibility and they were in different companies. But now they're actually physically interacting and I care way less about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Do you agree with that sentiment, Chris, that you're less excited when it was a possibility versus an actuality? Well, I don't think it's that. I, th- I think it's this directional change the Young Bucks have taken because this this feud should be about who's the greatest tag team, not you know, not. Uh, I don't I don't know what I don't even know what the feud is about now. Right? You know, right. There's, yeah. there's, it's not really defined. And the fact that you have FTR who are very much cheating heels, 
Southern uh, style tag team. And now if you turn the Young Bucks heel to fight them, that doesn't make a lick of sense. I'm with you. That that was going to be my exact point. Thank you, Chris, is I don't know who I'm rooting for in this that I needed. And I'm I'm a little bit more traditionalist. I do love good guy, bad guy. And there's instances where you can have face face or heel heel. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. this one, this one had the makings of being to me how I would have loved to have seen it. I wanted to see being that if anybody followed the story, which they didn't do, by the way, AEW, you do some great production. You're not at WWE level yet, but they did a story for years yeah. where they brutalized and clowned on and ethered FTR, the revival online, and they haven't shown any of it on the television show. Yeah. Get in there. Put together a best of of all the times you dicked with them, and maybe they will, but we're already at the finish line. I feel like they should have done this a ways ago. To me, the baby faces should be FTR, and the yeah. heels should be the Young Bucks, and I mean, they should be far more nasty, snide, bit of viciousness. They right. were the ones that got Kenny and, and a page to split up. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were caught laughing at Cody losing the title. Something, something to make them on the outs far more with the elite and a little bit nastier. I like what they were doing with the whole throw money at their prom rich kid thing, but mm-hmm. if they were going to do that. They're going to have to lean into that more. And unfortunately, that's MJF's gimmick. So <laughs> I needed, I needed them to be far more heels and FTR to be. I'm not going to say sympathetic because there are these two southern ruffians, but it's like. Them finally getting a hold of that kid on the internet that's been shit talking you. Yeah, <laughs> this was going to be that fantasy that anybody that's right. ever been clowned on right. online or teased or made fun of or cyberbullied or whatever. They literally their gimmick was they were cyberbullying the revival for years, and now the revival gets to get their hands on them, and I don't care because <laughs> the revival are like you said, Chris, snide, nasty heels. The the but they've been their whole business was with Page and Omega. They right. just now shifted back to the Young Bucks, and they've got a what a week and a half, two week build for it. Yeah. They, I, I definitely think that they they limped across the finish line with this realization of we're finally going to get to see the revival versus the Young Bucks. You guys aren't as big a UFC heads as I am, but back in the day, the big fight to make was Chuck Liddell versus Vanderlei Silva. Chuck Liddell versus the Axe Murderer. And they people fantasized, I mean, just licked their fingers, hoping to see that fight one day. And goddamn, they shit talked each other. And then finally, the UFC signed Vanderlei. And you're like, yes, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then him and Chuck lose. <laughs> and you're like, wait, <laughs> wait, shit. Why did you let that? Why did you let them fight before those two fought? Right. And at the last moment, it sucked all of the oxygen out because right. Chuck was murdering everybody. And Vanderlei right. was doing things that in most countries would get you a murder rap. And then they finally got them there. And they're like, oh, before you guys fight, you're each one going to have a, a tune-up fight. And you lost and you lost. Ooh. And people are like, no, yeah. the yeah. mystique. Yeah. Shit. Deflation. So the mystique. The mystique with this is sort of like, uh, I don't care. I mean, I'm like, it's going to be a good match. But I'm very surprised they did not lean into any of the the reason these two were beefing. Yeah. Which was the hundreds of hours of footage of you dicking with them. I haven't. Maybe I missed it. I haven't seen any of it on the television show. No, no, they they, they have. And, and the thing is, 
It's not like they don't have access to every single bit of video ever recorded it's for BTE. property. Yeah, exactly. You can they... pull it right up right now and put together <laughs> yeah. a montage or something like that. And I think yeah. it's very presumptuous of them to be like, oh, if you watch this, you watch BTE. Yeah. No, no. That's very presumptuous. Maybe there's people that don't that if you went and showed the footage, you can get them to start watching BTE. Right. right. Yeah, this 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 feud, it's it's landing with a bit of a dull thud for me. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead, oh, Chris. Oh, I was going to say you mentioned uh, you mentioned a guy a couple minutes ago uh, about his gimmick, and he had a very polarizing segment on Dynamite this this past week. Justin, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on Le Dinner Debonair. I am a hack. Okay, <laughs> I am an absolute. Um, how do you put this? How do, how do I say? Um, I'm talking out of each side of my mouth. I am not to be trusted, and I am someone that uh, is counterintuitive to his own interests. I love Eddie Kingston because how goddamn real it was. And those two are going to fight, and it's going to get bloody, and it's going to get nasty, and it's going to get shitty. And I fucking cheered at the end of Late Dinner Day. <laughs> I was like, that is... I never expected it. Yep. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. It was so it was so batshit that I said, fuck it. If you're gonna go crazy, go full crazy. Yeah. They say never go full, you know what? Well, they went full and I loved it. And yes. it was it was a moment in time. It yeah. was a moment in time. It is not gonna do anything to further that feud. It is not gonna do anything to re uh reinforce Cody's year ago sports based um presentation it's not going to do anything for the this is a more realistic presentation of combat inside of the squared circle no it is yeah. counterintuitive to everything that should be pro wrestling and i i don't give a shit i was i was so entertained <laughs> yeah. by it and i laughed so hard at it and i made my whole family sit down and watch it i said <laughs> everybody get in here get in here and you don't know what's going to happen what i'm hoping is that the WWE tries something like this and fucks it up? Oh, the, I want no them doubt. to try this because they pretend that other companies looking at you, TNA, looking at you, AEW, don't live up in WWE's mm-hmm. head. But I'm pretty sure some of the Wyatt family compound shit, all right, they try to do on WWE. And this one, it wasn't nearly as beloved as your deletions and the, mm-hmm. the Hardy compound mm-hmm. stuff. This was very, very divisive. This was either. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen, or this was the most dumb shit thing I've ever witnessed. But I I applauded them taking a risk on something so bananas yeah. that I think was so far out there, it doesn't pull the product in any direction with it. It just is going to exist in perpetuity on its own. Yeah, it, it was it was totally in a vacuum, and and it wasn't done with like a wink and a nod of look at us, aren't we being silly? And and it was it was just a really shockingly well executed musical number you during know the wrestling I like show. It was shockingly well executed, and, and thank you for you know saying shockingly well executed. Yeah, it was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so little surprise these days. There's way more in AEW and in Impact than there is in WWE. But that's the big thing about, you know, he remembers about the Monday Night Wars was that there was so much surprise. Who's going to show up? Who's going to yeah. say this? Who's going to say that? And I mean, it's so bleached and homogenized up in New York. Uh, and in AEW, for the first six months or so, was very reminiscent of early days of Nitro. My mm-hmm. God, who's going to mm-hmm. show up? Who's going to be here? The Cody Open Challenge was great with people like Warhorse coming out or the aforementioned uh, Eddie Kingston. So 
the fact that they did something so crazy like this gives me a bit of giddiness to say if they're capable of doing something this bonkers that I will watch to see whatever the hell else they do because yeah. they are marching to the beat of their own drum. If that drum makes any sense, I can't <laughs> speak to that. But it is so bonkers. I'm like, yeah. okay, I appreciate something that I could have never, no one ask a thousand wrestling pro pundits, Alvarez's melters of the world out there, two man power trips. No one could have predicted that. Yeah. To where actually it's funny. I I gave I gave my girlfriend, I gave her heads up. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I've never seen this in pro wrestling before. And she goes, I think I know what they're gonna do. I'm like, you don't. I can promise you you don't, because <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. She's like, No, I know what they're gonna do. And then she watches it. She's like, Jesus Christ, someone give them a Tony. And I said, What did you think was gonna happen? What did you think they were gonna do? She's like, I was convinced they were gonna kiss. <laughs> I was convinced. That they were going to either cut to a shot later on of MJF and Jericho in bed, like, what did we do? Or they were going <laughs> to lean across the table and smooch. I was like, that would be a fucking, that would be groundbreaking. Okay? <laughs> and meanwhile, Sonny Kiss would be in the background being like, what the fuck? Why am I, even, <laughs> why, am I why, why am I not getting the first man on Man Quest? So, uh, uh, let me, so what did, what did you think of it? Uh, well, I I had the uh, disadvantage of watching it a couple days later, um, so I had you know read all, seen and read all the discourse online. And I saw I, it live too, by the way. I saw it. Yeah. Live. So you you guys both saw it live. Yeah. So I think I feel like you had a better uh, a more impactful uh, experience with it. I, I I watched it. I knew it was coming, and it was. I, I don't. I don't feel like I had the same experience knowing it was coming. Uh, and also, Chris Jericho is not a very good singer. MJF oh, though, MJF is tune. I swear to God, I thought mountain. that was Sinatra. <laughs> I thought that was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna lip sync this thing, and then Jericho starts singing like, no, that's Jericho. Yeah. And they cut back and like, that's MJF. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. What can't he do? Well, do you yeah. remember that video that resurfaced of him? He was in like an acapella group in high school. And he like did the lead. Uh, no, it's out. I'll have to see it. It's on the internet. And he like did the lead in this acapella version. I don't remember if the song was like in the sill of the night or something like that. Some like old old fifties doo wop song or something like that. And he did the lead. And so he could, he he can fucking God, sing. And he carried that shit. The dancers in the background just going going off in the curtain and the and when the, they the dipped the both their mix. dancers and dropped them yeah like, <laughs> like, yes you guys are being heels during a dance number yeah yes. so then yeah. i can't eat this this is so gross and yes i did love the the one-upsmanship with the condition of the steak yeah yeah, yeah it, no it, it, it was it was an entertaining segment uh but again having known that it was happening ahead yeah. of time, it, it did diminish the returns a little like bit. Like when, when Edge returned in the Royal Rumble, I didn't right. see the Royal Rumble live that night and I read about it. Yeah, and but I feel like I still get I still get chills watching that moment. Though. I still got excited, but I can't imagine yeah. how I would have felt if I got to have seen that in the moment. Like, <gasps> no, he's back. Yeah, I, really I, I still felt it was like, oh, my God, this is so this is very me me meaningful. But there's something about catching it unexpectedly yeah. that. Yes, that would have that would have hit you a little bit different. I still think that thing's going to be an interesting feud. Do you have any predictions? I have, I have an idea of how I think this thing's going to go with MJF and the Inner Circle. But what do you guys think? That is an excellent question. Uh, originally, if it weren't for this return to the Matt Hardy feud, which I'm not really excited about, I thought 
we were going to run headlong into a Sammy Guevara MJF feud because uh, that seemed to be what they were telegraphing with the jacket and that sort of thing. And and my thought was maybe it's an idea where Sammy says, hey, you know, I don't know this is the right guy. MJF gets in by beating him and slowly MJF destroys the inner circle from the inside to take out Jericho. Uh, that's, he I'm more like in line with alpha. that. I, I have read or maybe somebody told me that um, Khan is a big fan of the nation. Mm-hmm. Love the nation. And I'm thinking we're going to get a Farouk rock situation mm. with two alphas in there with uh, MJF undermining Jericho. And I think you're going to see Jericho swing back towards a loner baby face in the year or so and MJF taking over the inner circle, but then treating them so much worse than Chris treated them. And yeah. Santana and Ortiz not putting up with it. Hager, maybe. And obviously this is going to bring Wardlow into it as well, mm-hmm. because that's his mm-hmm. second. So you're going to have a Hager Wardlow, a bit of tension that, you know, uh, back when I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but there was an NWO angle where they finally brought in the giant and, uh, Hogan would regularly, re- regularly reference the big guy of the NWO, the giant of the NWO. Kevin Nash is going to take on Sting, and then you see the giant <laughs> in the background, like, "Fuck, are you talking about?" And then it became this thing with yeah. inside of the NWO of who's the giant. I could see there being a Hager Wardload feud to where this thing's going to be a little ecosystem for a while, where it's going to be uh, MJF, like you pointed out, Marty. I think he's going to be he's going to he's going to eat it from the inside out. And over the course of this year, they'll probably uh, dissipate and go their own separate ways into whatever new iteration. I concur. I would love to see, like, the, the current, uh, um, you know, we're talking about Eddie Kingston a lot. His faction is random as shit to me. I, I yeah. don't think yeah. it, the Pentagon and What's Phoenix his best thing. Friend? They don't, you know, he's his best friend. Yes. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> I don't think he, I think that group is a less than the sum of their parts thing. And they don't make sense to me. It's sort of a, I got a, I got a job squad kind of vibe of people that weren't, not that they're jobbers, not they're jobbers, but like the core, like people that are all together because they left leftovers, leftovers. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a plate full of leftovers. That wouldn't be a terrible name for them. I'm just saying the leftovers. Jesus Christ. They've all got plates of mashed potatoes on their head. (laughs) I would love to see Eddie Kingston and proud and powerful. That would be a crew. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston mm-hmm. with Santana and Ortiz. Now that is a trio I could way get behind. There's a yeah. lot of history with those guys, yeah. a lot of similar traits where, yeah. you know, he would be the heavy, he'd be the leader, those would be the attack dogs, and they would be real nice for a yeah. another trio of people out there to go up against. And that said, I've been saying it for a few weeks on the show here. Proud and powerful are like mega baby faces in the waitings. Just like oh, just, yeah. you just got to pull the trigger on them because even as heels, they are consistently two of the most entertaining members of the roster. Like, you know, MJF is a guy who you love to hate. You don't really hate proud and powerful, but you love how heelish they are. It's 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 a weird dichotomy where it's not like they're they're sort of breaking the 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 kayfabe of being a heel. But you just love how despicable they are sometimes. You know who they are? Christoph, tell me if you agree with this, because you got to work alongside these guys, watched a lot of ROH. They're their Briscoes. Yeah. They're their Briscoes. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I you got you got them acting in the ring. Because I mean the Briscoes did some heelish shit, but we're crazy over it. I mean, remove all the homophobia and racism of the Briscoes, <laughs> and you've basically you've got them between the stuff that Ortiz is doing with the the kung fu claws and all yeah, that, the way I that uh 
you know, yeah, Briscoe was doing the, you know, the redneck foo or whatever redneck the hell he called kung it. Fu. Redneck yep. kung fu. To me, yeah. I get a Briscoe's vibe off of those guys. And if you didn't know about them personally, I hadn't. I I love the Briscoes. And I, I like God. I'm so entertained by these guys, and I'm supposed yeah. to hate them, but like right, Jesus, right, they're right. good. Uh, I yeah. don't think. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Who was the the, the toothed Briscoe? Who's the toothed uh, Briscoe? Jay. Jay has Jay. teeth. Okay, he's the one with teeth. Yes, Jay he's the one who had a really long world title reign. Yeah, I don't think either one of them are as good on the mic as he is, but I think Kingston is. And Kingston yeah. could be that style of a promo. Actually, Jay Briscoe and Kingston's promos are relatively not too dissimilar. Uh, yeah, I could see I could see them being their Briscoes and just being over, but not having to be white meat and you know kiss the fat kid on the way to the ring. I could see them <laughs> just doing their thing and people being like, "These guys are great." APA style, yeah. where they were just brawlers that Shit were. Kickers. Yeah, we're never gonna go visit the kid with cancer, but you're gonna get cheered, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just smoke some cigars, play some poker, and then, uh, you know. Uh, win, uh, win Howard Finkel in a match. Which, yeah, beat somebody up with a prison sock. You know, <laughs> there you go. Typ- typical stuff right there. I love it. I love both of those guys. I think those guys are great. And uh, I one day look forward to a Guevara-Ricky Starks feud. Yes. I think, oh, my I think God, yes. Starks and Guevara could be, could be fucking awesome. I feel like they may be doing they because they, they signed Hardy and Guevara for full gear and they're calling it the elite deletion. Yes. Um, so I feel like this may be a Hardy compound pre-recorded. Matt day. confirmed that it is oh, going to be it? at the okay. compound. Okay. So that's going to be pre-taped. And you know what? C- considering their history, probably a good idea to to pre-tape and pre-plan some stunts versus trying yeah. to do them live. Good you got to think Rebby's going to get involved and just shoot Sammy in the chest <laughs> with a snub nose revolver. <laughs> She's just gonna walk out at one point, and just blam, and just open a hole in his back the size of a softball. Because I, I tell you what, there's a couple of people out there that I'm not sure if they're doing a gimmick or if it's real deal Holyfield. But Cornette and Rebby Sky, their hatred is to me. I'm like, that's real. That's yeah. real hatred right there. It's palpable. You, you can t- feel you it. Taste it. You taste it. On your you tongue. can smell it in the text of the Twitter <laughs> tweets. Close the window. Get a real hot, 82 <laughs> degrees, real sweaty like. As I bear down on top of her, my hips <laughs> thrusting away at awesome calm. But she was not enjoying it. She was not. And it was at that moment that we heard the door creak open. And there it was, my son, Marco Stunt, standing there. And Kong says, Marco, leave the room. I say, no, no. Let the boy watch. That's how I learned. How my father learned, how my father's father learned to take a bad indie booking and be forced to suck a rubber dick. (laughs) The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff.
The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. The WWE has heard your complaints, your bitches, your gripes, and the PG era is over with the unveiling of the WWE Network. We give you the rated R era of the WWE with its first pay-per-view, Circumcision Chamber. That's right, six competitors, six dicks, and one old rabbi with a pair of scissors cutting cocks. Whoever screams the loudest, eliminated first. Whoever screams the least is walking out of there with the gold as well as one drippy bloody tip oh you don't like Shinkara ooh Los Matadores are too footloose and fancy free and you don't think Antonio Cesaro's pink nipples are appropriate that's why we're giving you the rated R era you like Oksana we're gonna fuck her you like Beth Phoenix bring it back to fuck her you like Karma not gonna fuck her AJ Lee yeah, we kind of like to fuck her. The R-rated era of the WWE has begun. Circumcisions, exorcisms, evictions. We're kicking undercar talent out of their homes. Alex Riley's got no place to go. He's living on the streets. Solomon Crow, you think you're coming to the main roster? Fuck you! You got nowhere to go. It's the WWE's Rated R Era. We're gonna chainsaw John Cena in fucking half and bathe in his gore. Fuck you!